What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today we have Justin Redrick. Uh, he is a mindset memory coach. And starting out, we get into his background, how he became that kind of coach, uh, as well as advice to his 17-year-old self. He dives into kind of what went on earlier in his life. He had some hardships and he talks about a little time that he actually did uh, in jail and how he overcame that uh, to create his own uh, self and better version of who he is now today. Uh, then he goes into the importance of authenticity and building trust with his clients and helping us understand how important that trust is and that relationship between coach and client and how uh, impactful that can be on people which takes us into some deeper discussion and gets a little emotional as well he uh, he tends to carry a lot of weight which you know as someone that does that same thing it, it was um, cool to see him kind of open up and bring that vulnerability to the table which just really helped further our discussion uh, and then we asked him about the biggest changes that he has seen in himself since he turned his life around after prison and what he did and how he did those things to make those specific changes. Tim, uh, what did you think about the interview with Justin? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Justin. Very uh, inspirational conversation. Uh, definitely felt a lot motivated after talking with Justin. He explains how he earned his first client as a mindset and memory coach. Um, kind of talks about the process he goes through when going out and getting clients. Uh, for those of you who are looking to go vegan, he explains his story behind that, why he chose to go down that route, and gives us uh, some good ideas on, on food options for that. Um, and then we even get into a quick uh, basketball discussion. We, we debate if Indiana versus North Carolina is the better basketball state. And <laughs> for, the, for those sports nuts out there, that was a quick little 10-minute conversation there within the show. Um, and then to end the show... Justin gives some very valuable advice to anybody who's stuck in life and trying to make a, a major life change because he had to himself when his back was up against the wall. And uh, I think you guys will get a lot of value from what he has to say. Uh, so without further ado, uh, enjoy your Thursday with this interview with Justin Redrick. We appreciate you and your time, man. This is, uh, we just like talking to unique individuals with, you know, a little different story and people who are walking it, not talking it. So, yeah, um, yeah, we, uh, we got a chance to look through, uh, kind of some of what you do and stuff. You do a lot of mindset memory work looks like, uh, so I definitely want to get into that. And then, so it looks like you had a, a business prior to doing that, uh, an on the go, uh, food system. Yeah, <laughs> vegan on the go. Yeah, so I'm definitely want to get into that, but uh, maybe if we start with a little background, kind of who you are, what you do, how you kind of got here uh, along the way, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there, man. Okay, well, um, you guys know, well, for the ones listening, my name is Justin Redrick. I'm on Instagram as Bitcoin Vegan. Um, I'm 29, I'm from Charlotte, I have a little girl. Her name is Marley. She's three years old. She's a swimmer. And um, my journey to entrepreneurship is kind of different. Well, it's not kind of. It's definitely different. Uh, I did not start because I had a corporate job that I was tired of. I, uh, from 2011 to 2014, I was in prison. Um, if I even go back further than that, when I was like 16 years old, me and my mom, 
we fell victim to the housing market crash in 2008, 2007. And from that year, I was uh, my senior year in school, high school, and I wanted to play basketball, go off to college, all that stuff. Then I, um, I had gone to a school with Charlotte High School, and I couldn't play because I transferred too late. So I just ended up becoming like a regular high school kid, you know, just partying and whatnot. Well, what we consider regular. Um, and then one of those, at one of those nights partying, one of our friends was killed out there at a party we were at. And what really got me into the mindset coaching was that, um, you know, around that time, every, like people in our community were just telling us, you know, you, you just guys got to get over that. And, you know, that's part of life, all that things, things die. And I was like, you know, we're 17 and you're telling us just to get over it. You know, that's, you got grown men who go to war and witness people get killed and don't come back the same. So I was, I was a bit thrown off by that. Um, then I would go out to school and I was just really feeling the uh, effects of losing your home and, you know, my friend getting killed in school. At that time, time, it was really no different. So I dropped out of school and I dropped out of school like the semester after making a Dean's list. <laughs> so that was like, that was a story in itself. I was um, I was in class one day and I did a lot of weed smoking in college, not gonna lie. And one day I rolled up in class, not rolled up, I'm sorry, but I was in class. <laughs> <laughs> I was in class and he put this brand on the board and he said like, well, you know, in 2015, you might have jobs available in your field. And I'm like, yo, it's 2008 or 2009. And I said, um, well, if we graduate 2011 and six months Sally May starts knocking on the door for, you know, student loans, that's like five, I mean, four or five years without a job. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty right. I just got, I said, y'all don't hear this? So I just got up and left like, and I'm not mad that I uh, dropped out of school. I'm possibly, you know, grateful that I did. But, you know, if anybody out there is listening, if you're on the brink of wanting to leave college, you know, at least have a real game plan. I will say that, like, have a real game plan. Just just don't go out there being all willy-nilly because now you're, you're out there. So, you know, you just don't want to do that. But um, so I came back home and hanging with a crowd that ended up, you know, making the wrong decisions based off of one, the need of money. And I landed in prison for three years. So from 21 to 24, I just realized like how uniquely gifted I was at learning. So that goes into like how I got into the vegan business. I was um, I was going in between a job where I was doing a lot of like manual labor. My daughter was being born. And I was trained at this gym for boxing, and I just really wanted to be like real healthy. So I would I decided to go to a vegan diet and while I was in the midst of losing that job you know one of my friends said how about you just cook and deliver your vegan food and so that's where vegan on the go came from but I didn't like cooking like I just I was trying to find a way trying to find my way and it really gave me a great insight to entrepreneurship in my city but it was very very in the trenches type entrepreneurship like you know, how a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid to fail or afraid to, you know, start over from zero a lot. Like, I've experienced that, you know. So 
that was a lot of there was a lot of learning in there for me because you know the jobs I wanted they weren't really like they were looking at my record and say no nah, we can't we can't have you so I said well if I got to go through hell then I might as well create my own <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. I came up with that um, vegan on the go and then people were saying like hey I want to go vegan can you help me I was like yeah sure not so I called myself a coach. But I realized like coaching was not just what you tell people. So like it's not like you tell them what you did. You know, you really have to have a skill to get someone to see how they can improve. So I um I had gone out and I Googled how to become a health coach and I found a school called the Health Coach Institute. I became certified in six seven months in the health and the life coach and then transformational coaching. And now I, um, I'm certified. I'm in their mastery program. So in doing that, you know, this all has a story. So I, um, one day, and I'm just trying to learn business, you know. Uh, it's, it's a bit different when you don't really have that, I guess, corporate experience like some people do. So you have a lot to, I had a lot to learn, you know, just from even how to talk to people, how to, you know, facilitate a sales process or any of that. So I remember I was online one day and uh, I'm sure you probably heard of Jim Quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a program for memory and he was talking about how like learning, how to learn is very essential in today's society. And I was looking at all the stuff that I needed to learn. And I was like, you know, this might be something I have to do. And I did that. And ever since I got into the memory, it was just like, yo, that's really, really like I like this stuff. So I got a certification from one of his programs, too. It's on the way in the mail. But it all stemmed from like, and now that I look at it, my past all stemmed from all got me to where I am. And someone asked me if I was 17, what would I tell myself? And I told them, like, yo, you'll live. Just keep going. You know, like, you'll you'll be amazed about who you turn out to be. So that's a, um, I don't know if that was too much or a lot or enough, but just let me know. <laughs> no, man. We, uh, well, it sounds like, you know, you had some trying times. So we appreciate you sharing, sharing all that too, because people oftentimes, I think, get a, a scene that entrepreneurship is all, all glory and it's it's really not there's a lot behind that that drives through that so uh thank you for sharing your story definitely not too much um i i do want to go back as a coach you were kind of alluding to uh particular skill sets like you can't just willy willy-nilly just coach what are some of the things um you know in terms of how do you really relate to your your clients how do you really tap into getting them to all right i need them to trust me so I guess in a sense, how are you selling yourself and, and kind of starting that coaching uh, relationship there? Yeah. Um, most of the times it's just really being authentic. You know, I'm, um, you know, like I'll deal with you while I leave with my story because, you know, people are trusting me. You know, you're trusting me with your mind. You're trusting me with your health. You're trusting me. You know, people who, people who admit to knowing that coaching is real, like, they're a special type of people, you know, like people who know that they need a coach are real special people. And 
it's important for them to know like who you are, you know. So I build rapport in many different ways. Um, it's always starting with questions. I, I never, I never really condemn. I don't, I don't really tell people what they can't do. You know, now granted, unless it's something like terrible, like nah. But you know, I, I allow people to know like you can do anything you want. Um, I validate, I validate what they want. You know, and, and people come to me because because of my story. You know, they, they, I guess they seeing me somebody like one of my clients said like, you know, you allow me to live life with no barriers. And just showing the truth, man. Like, that's all I can say, really. Um, I allowed them, I showed them how to be an empowered decision maker. Like, How do you respond when your back's up against the wall? Because um, every day won't be won't be so great. And a lot of times you gotta know how to pull through. So when it comes to clients, like. I reassure them that, you know, once upon a time, everybody was told you can do anything you put your mind to. And I let them know it's still true. You know, just because you get older, you might have some things that happen. I let them know it's still true. Because people give up. A lot of people give up and people around them give up. And then you have this, this culture environment with people giving up and just staying stuck. People don't really know, like, you don't have to stay stuck. I met a woman the other day. Well, she's my friend. And she was telling me how she battled lupus. She said, uh, for like four or five years, I've been in pain every day. But you wouldn't know it. So I looked at her like, hell. What excuse do you have to make? People might give up on you, but my clients, I let them know, like, but you trusted me, I'll never give up on you. I've had clients who, in the middle of me coaching them, couldn't continue to pay. And I told her straight up, I said, listen, If you give up, it's going to get worse. But if you ride this out with me like I will with you, everything will turn out all right. 
it's just that sometimes people don't know, like, you hit a plateau. It doesn't mean you stop. You just got to go learn more. That's been my life for, like, the past few years. Just how you go learn more. So, like, like I said, like, I don't necessarily have corporate background like a lot of people but my certifications and stories alone mm-hmm. it's incredible to do anything because that's how I live yeah and going back to what you said about authenticity I'm sure people look at like your story and the journey you're on and that adds like to the trust of what you want the same to do for them. Um, and you said it yourself, like they're on a journey, but you're also on a journey as well. And you're doing it through coaching. And I want to ask you, what do you think has been the bit? Have you seen the biggest change in yourself since you decided to go on this entrepreneurial journey um, coming out of prison? What's the biggest thing that you've biggest change you've seen within yourself and how have you allowed that uh, to add to the quality of your coaching and what you do? I had to overcome the barriers that um, that racism put in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was talking to some coaches and they were white. <laughs> and I said, you know, sometimes I feel like because of, you know, what it is in America that you know, white folks want to do business with or they might not want to, you know, they might see me and go the other way. But as one lady said, and she said, you know, you let other people keep their shit. And you go out there and go be you anyway. So one of the, uh, one, that was a thing, like, you know, actually having to grant myself permission to get past the stigma what racism is in America. Um, another thing was like how serious personal development is. Like a lot of times people think, well, you know, I invest in my business, so I invested in myself. And that's not the case. You, know, you really have to go do some real personal development. Like let's take Apple, for instance, right? Steve Jobs, the guy rest his soul, he died. I'm not saying he didn't that he never invested in himself or anything like that. But what I'm saying is you can invest in your business and you die and your business keep going. But if you don't invest in yourself and you die, like you don't keep going. You know, so there's a difference. Like even with health, like even with eating properly, that's investing in yourself. But let's just say, like, you eat terrible, but you buy all your latest equipment for your company and you got the best production, you got top of the line, people working for you, got all the credibility in the world, but you got 10 pounds of fat on your heart. Does it really matter what you, like, there's a difference. You know, there's a big difference. It doesn't matter what you bought the company. It doesn't matter what you've done for the company, you have not invested in yourself. And then in doing that, like in doing personal development, you know, you 
you really start seeing just how many habits you have that take time to either get through or you start noticing, like, I call it um, unconscious, un- unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. And you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. So you have a lot of people who don't know certain things exist. And without any type of personal development, you're continuously going in a circle of not knowing, but thinking you're okay. And then blame, like another thing I got over was blaming, like blaming people for not wanting to do business or blaming them where it was what I was missing. You know, I didn't know certain things about, you know, marketing language, persuasion, all that type of stuff. Like, but the people who don't really understand search, search within yourself, you'll look at your business and be like, yeah, it's just time. It's just time to throw in the towel. But when you, you really don't have that option of throwing in that towel, you'll find any, any way to have what you want. That's a big one too is, is the blaming. Cause I remember there was a point in time where my mom had to help get me out of that, where it's, she finally laid it straight. Like you are where you are because of every decision that you have made. And, yeah. uh, so that's, I, I love that you, you bring that up of like, Hey, it's who's making the decisions in the end. Um, but also wanted to commend you. Uh, it sounds like you carry a lot of weight with you too. So, um, you know, I commend you for, for that and your coaching because it sounds like you have a lot of uh, emotion and, and powerful uh, like language and, and relationship in your coaching. So it's, uh, it's fun to hear and talk to those types of coaches that you know, you're not someone writing some cookie cutter bullshit and you're actually invested and worried about them. And your validation was, was super interesting because you're right. It's like people need the okay to be okay. Or it's like, hey, I'm allowing you to be successful. I'm allowing you to make more money. Like I'm telling you, it's okay to do what you want to do. So I think the fact that you do that with with your clients too is is probably one of the biggest things that that you've that I think you mentioned because that's people don't have that anymore, and we need that okay to go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've um, I put a before I even before I was a coach, I put a lot of battery packs in people to go do what they want. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like I see, I've uh, I've seen people do some some stuff just off of the words I said. This is before I came a coach, so because I like when you when you don't really know, you know how you gonna make it, but you know like you got to do it, you'll find, you'll find a way. Like even with Bitcoin, like one of my friends, he was just talking about it so much and I looked into it. I'm like, damn, this might be valuable for someone like, you know, like I went to go learn that. You know, I learned a lot of stuff and I had to go learn it. Like I, I never, I was never the one to be like, yo, we got to quit. We got to do all that. Like there's no really, there's no glory to turn around. You know, I learned that in running. Like, I would run miles and miles. I, I ran cross country in high school. And you'll see people halfway there. It's like they want to turn around. Like, for what? Like, the race is almost over. 
You know, like it's like that. It's like a meme, I think, where the guy is digging underground and he stops and turns around, but he was one swing away from the diamond. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's like you, you, you can only take your clients as deep as you go. So I remember one time I was listening to Wim Hof. You heard of Wim Hof? Mm-hmm. I know you. Yeah, you do breathe. I know you heard of Wim yeah. Hof. Yeah. So uh, he was talking about uh, how he would swim. Mount Everest or all these you know, sub-Arctic temperatures. And this kind of thing kind of turns me on. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, people do this? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. And he lived? I need to try this. So he was talking about um, taking a cold shower in the morning. I said, all right. He said, when you're there, you use your breathing to uh, heat up the skin of your body. Just relax. So the first time I did it, I did it for like 30 seconds. I'm like, this is crazy as hell. <laughs> if this is that crazy, then I need to do it. I said, but if it's like that, then I need to do it. So I was doing it. I will always throw the time up to whereabouts now, like 20 minutes with no problem. Uh-huh. And what I learned was you end up building an override muscle, like, you know how you might be about to do something and it's like, oh, I don't really feel like it, whatever. And then you just end up talking yourself out of it. Like You put on that cold water and you looking at it and I'll be like, man, damn, are you really about to do this? And then I just step in there. It's just like, you know, just step in there. And it was like, it's, it's real transformational. Like, but, and I would tell a few of my clients, I don't think they've done it yet. Some of them did, but, they're like, man, I really want to go deeper within myself, my business. I'm like, well, you talk to the right person, right? If you think I'm crazy, then do it. And then find out, you know, like, you have to do it, though. You have to. If it's hard in the beginning, imagine who you'll be on the other side. Imagine who you'll be when you really hone in and do something. You know, a lot of people don't know who they're going to be. That's why they stay where they are, because they're comfortable. You know, but then they're stuck, so they're not really comfortable. But fear is gripping them so much that it's like, man, I just need to stay where I am. You know, I know what this is like. Everybody else around me is cool with it, but deep down inside, you're not getting nowhere. You know, and that's why. That's why. I, that's some of the biggest things I notice in being an entrepreneur. Like, you really got to step into it, and no matter where you are, like, I don't. I don't I don't knock people who have a corporate background. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a human being in general, you know, it does not matter to me. But I know there is a bit of a difference when you don't really have a network like that. You know, when you do, when you have to go out there and be this brand new face, and they're like, who the hell are you? You know, and everybody has their cliques of people, and you just there and looking for the first person to give you attention and then just build. Like you just got to keep going out there. Like you got to keep going out there. And then when you even dealing with, like now these people are doing business with you. You, know, you got them on contracts and it's like, dang. Like it's just, whole, it's, it's different than just waking up and I don't know. Like this is a, this a big difference. Mm-hmm. What was going through your head when you got or can you think back to the time when you got your first client, what that felt like, what was going through your mind? And it was you- so, 
it was so easy. Like it was like how uh, the Wolf of Wall Street called a straight line sale. Like it was so straight line. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> but then it started getting real. Objections started being real. Uh, it just started getting real. So like that's where I noticed like, hey, all right, now you're in business. Like now you really gotta really gotta do something now because I mean it was we talked on the phone for about an hour. She said, Yeah, we were good. We started. I'm like, wow, okay. This is how this goes. This is cool. <laughs> and then it's just it's like, you know, it's it became realer, you know. So my first client, I was just like, Yeah, okay, we in here now, we good. Yeah. And then it started like just uh just the inexperience started showing up. Kind of like when you watch a lion and young lions hunt for the first time. They get kicked in the mouth, don't really get the food at all. And they looking at them like, you know, and that the the narrator is talking about, yeah, if they don't eat next two months, they're gonna die. Mm-hmm. And so it's kinda like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. kinda like that. But it was it was very it was it was a very late in moment a moment. I shared the info with my friends and I had taken a leap. Like a lot of the people I know, they were giving like discounts or like really giving out a high-end program it was the same program but you know i jumped out there with my first client said hey um it's uh eighteen hundred dollars you know six hundred thousand a month and they were with it so i was like okay this is working i like that mm-hmm. people were like you know what made you start so high it's like i might as well start where i want to be instead of you know having to feel indifferent about it increasing you know my services as they go yeah, and that's that's good. You're able to do that because I know a lot of people struggle with uh, asking what they think and know that they're worth. So it's a hard thing to do for a while for a lot of people, and uh, is is ask for more. So that's that's cool that you were able to. You know what? Fuck it. I know what I'm <laughs> worth, and I'm worth at least this starting out. So let's that's where we're gonna start. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 cool that you started where where you thought you needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Add to. Add to. So talk talk to us about the uh, the vegan part of you as well, uh, since I'm 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 a food guy, you know, I'm uh, doing nutrition coaching and things. I'm I'm interested where the vegan part came in. So I was uh, like 2015, and I was training at this gym, down boxing for a fight, and I was uh, and this was the time when Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward were still fighting, and even though they weren't vegan, I was just like, They did not drink. They were eating healthy. And I would see a lot of posts online talking about Dr. Savi. And I'm like, you know, who is this guy? Like, he was just saying something that really caught my attention. And um, the one of the things that caught my attention was I said, you know, depending upon how you eat is what you represent in your body. Like, your body could be filled with living foods or it could be a graveyard. I'm like, why would he say a graveyard? So then I was thinking, like, you know, what you eat is a lot of dead food. You know, I didn't. I was just like, okay. So, I um, I was trying it on my own, of course. Uh, failed a lot. 
So I was like, well, maybe I could just try to, you know, be a vegetarian or something. So I was driving, I was riding back on the Greyhound bus from Atlanta, and there's this woman, her name was Anita Harris, and she was like, we were talking. Oh, yeah, this might, this part of the story might kind of tick you guys off. Me and her are both New England Patriots fans. Ugh. All right, in the interview now. <laughs> we got that other thing. I got, I got yoga to go to. <laughs> but uh, we were on the topic, and she said, and I was like, yeah. She said, do you work out? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be a vegan. She said, well, I'm vegan. I can help you. I was like, her, okay. So um, she so she said, just print out the list from Dr. Sebi that you want. And I said, all right. And she said, then I'll just tell you where to go buy it. And so me and her used to communicate through Snapchat. Okay. <laughs> and I was just buying food. I, I had like all these foods. I said, I don't know what to make. She said, just type in the food you have around you and at the end put recipe. She said, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you somebody has typed in the same thing. Damn, all right, let's try it. So then I saw that a lot of the a lot of the foods were there. And I just started making them. Um I went totally cold turkey. Um my mom said, Are you gonna eat anything? I was like, nah, I'm not gonna eat it. Just not vegan, I'm not eating. So those be times that I was like stomach was hurting. And this I don't really I do not advise people to go vegan this way. Like I do, like I never really do. <laughs> I never do. Like this type of way is for people who just, you know, that type of particular person do something cold turkey. Like I have one friend, he quit cigarettes cold turkey. I was like, God, Lee, that's what's up. But, you know, um, that's how it ended up working for me, man. And I ended up building up a lot of discipline around it. And um, like, it's, I'm not protein deficient. I don't know where those myths come from. And people say to me, like, well, what do you do for protein? I just eat what I've been eating. Like, it's, uh, um, I might take some B12 supplements, like with a spray or vitamin D or, you know, type of supplements like that, if need be. But really, um, I think I think what happens to people is that shock that your body goes through. They believe that's like a sign to be like, oh, it wasn't meant for me. But, you know, they're not necessarily being honest with themselves. Like, yo, if you've been eating X for 25, 30 years and you're now implementing only plant-based foods, then you have to expect some type of shift to take place. You know, it's it's. A lot of logic is not in our society. That's just a logical thing to happen. <laughs> you know, it's just a logical thing to happen. And that shakes people up. And and that's why I said, but like, you know, it'd probably be good to have somebody like, you know, guide you through this process. And we also live in that age where people are like, well, I can do it on my own. All right, try it out. I've seen some people do it, but the most I've seen, it just doesn't work out that way. But um, that journey was very fulfilling. I had to learn how to cook. Like, I really had to learn how to cook. Uh, I learned um, what slowing down was, like really having to cut your food and 
prepare it and prep it and all those things that go into it. So it was it was a bit it was a big difference. And I think one of the things that a lot of uh, people have with eating healthy is that you have to plan to eat healthy. You know, you can you could just hop and say, all right, I'm especially if you're a fast food person, like, all right, I'm about to go here and get this quick lunch. And here's another thing, I know you know this as a coach as well. People be think people think that well, you know, I added extra lettuce to my hamburger, so I'm healthy. <laughs> and it's like having a diet coke with your two Big Macs and a large fry. You know, it makes all the difference in that diet coke and bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, and it's nothing. I don't condemn people. It just shows like oh, no. how misinformation. And I ha- and I say that because I know some vegans out there. There's gonna be some vegans that hear this that go crazy on people. I'm like, man. You believe someone's gonna go vegan? They're not gonna do it that way. They're not gonna do it that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm past the stage of being a condemning vegan. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you feel pretty good on it. You perform well. You feel good. Sleep well. All that. Oh yeah. Um. Once, once, once it's become a part of you, then, um, it's there. Um. There, there. When I first started, like none of the food was like real heavy on me. Um, but you know, as you get older, or if you eat too much, you still eat too much. Um, but I do, I did, I did at the very beginning. I still do stick to a lot of plant-based foods. Mm. I do have vegan junk food every now and then. Mm. All right, don't kill me, vegans. Uh, You're human. So, yeah. So, uh, but it's nice. Overall, it's good. Um, every time I go to the doctor, it's like I used to have high blood pressure as a kid, and I just started going now. Well, not just start going, but I had gone recently. And they were like, you know, a few times I said, you know, you got a real great blood pressure. Yeah. And I said, you're yeah, vegan. They were like, well, even vegans can have high blood pressure. And I looked at her like, this not is like this my, one. <laughs> you know, like this is like my fourth or sixth trip doing this, and. A lot of people just don't know, and I'm not even saying you have to go vegan, but a lot of people don't know that a lot of the health things that happen happen because of what you eat, mm-hmm. and what you put in your body, and what you don't put in your body. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys have breweries up. Y'all got a lot of breweries up there in Indiana? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I'm starting to see they have these run clubs with a brewery, and I'm like, so y'all go run three miles and drink beer? <laughs> I never understood that, but welcome it, to Indianapolis, my man. Yeah. <laughs> it brings like, the people in, it entices them. We got, we got, we got that same thing down here in North Carolina. You know, yeah. like it's, uh, it's a thing. It's, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's just cool. It's just, you know, you, you just start seeing the difference in the world, and you yeah. got to accept it. You know, like you, you have to accept the differences because if you don't, you're just. You'll be like a an upset baby boomer. You right. know? <laughs> I mean the, the the hope is that they enjoy some piece of running and then start to do it more regularly on their own. But it's like, well, let's entice them with the devil that they're already sleeping with first and see what <laughs> happens, you know. Uh, yeah. But, so yeah, we got a lot of breweries uh up here. But uh what are some like go to uh, vegan meals that you'll you'll cook like hey these are the bomb.com like you want some go-to's this is this is it okay so i um just last night i fixed broccoli 
mushrooms, couscous, mm. and some gabonzo beans. Uh, I toasted the couscous on a black iron skillet, and everything else just sautéed it, mm. threw it together. Um, I do indulge in the plant-based meats, like uh, Beyond Beef uh, patties. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talk about Beyond Meat on some of our shows, yeah. about their I- IPO and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you, you look at their stock? There's an investment opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I was just telling somebody, fact, and I didn't say that because I didn't buy it yet. You know, that's, I wouldn't say something if I didn't buy it. But, right. One of my friends was like, we were just cool. Like, we cool. So he was like, man, you see KFC is, is getting a, a Beyond Meat fried chicken in Atlanta? Yeah. I was like, better go buy some stock there because. This fried, this Popeyes and Bojangles and K- Chick Fil A fried chicken board is going in and it's going crazy. So yeah. um, Burger Burger King did too. Well, I think all of them are going to have it eventually. Yeah, Burger King has the Impossible Burger and it's terrible. Only <laughs> reason, only you reason, heard it here first. You can't like they were like. So do you want cheese on it? I'm like, I said, this is why I don't. This is why I can't buy this. Yeah, <laughs> because like y'all, y'all about to put cow cheese on this. Yeah, <laughs> no man, it's half plastic. Don't even think about it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, I mean, just I just wanted to taste. I said, just give me the plain patty, ketchup and mustard, no mayonnaise, and I was eating. I'm like, I immediately wanted to go to Whole Foods and buy some vegan cheese and just slap it on there, but. Yeah. <laughs> I do eat the uh, Beyond Meat. Uh, I eat all their meat products. I mean, they're plant-based meat products. Um, I like the burger, but um, I like I like cooking a lot of like I used to cook this great fajita. Ooh! Oh my god! I would uh, put um, I would saw it would be uh, it would be onions, red and green bell peppers. Uh, in another in another in another pan, I'm making some mushrooms, and I only use like four uh, seasonings like pink Himalayan salt, oregano, basil, onion powder, like a, a teaspoon of each, maybe a little more, and some cayenne pepper. Make some guacamole. Ooh. Layer the guacamole on the bottom. Throw the mushrooms in. Throw the uh, the veggies in, wrap it up, and voila. Mm. Wow. Gotta go to fresh time. Yeah, I haven't eaten dinner, dinner yet, man. I mean, I'm getting hungry. Make some fajitas, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good, man. Yeah, because I, I was actually telling Tim uh, before we started chopping it with you that I got a friend, she's vegetarian, and I saw you, you work with some vegetarians as well, and she's like, I'm just running out of things to eat, and it's – uh, so I wanted to give some good, good ideas so I can, you know, shamelessly, Hey, go check out my episode with this guy who specializes in your issue. Oh yeah. Well, tell her also, the, she can make a power bowl, uh, cook some couscous, cook some quinoa in a separate bowl, saute some, uh, kale, onions, whatever other veggies you want to throw in there. Uh-huh. Really, that's all it is. Gabonzo beans, couscous. I mean, gabonzo beans, quinoa, and kale, and some bad veggies. Okay. Season it up, throw them in there, stir it up, eat it. You know. Uh, <laughs> the beans are key. 
I think the, the beans. I mean, See, that, I'm not a bean guy. Just not a bean guy. <laughs> Isn't bean out of that whole thing? Aren't the beans like probably the, the best protein source? The, the bang for your buck in terms of all that. If you're looking for protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, quinoa yeah. has good protein too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quinoa, quinoa, a little more than couscous. Yeah, couscous is just easy to cook. Doesn't take yeah. that long. It's couscous. fluffy. I like it. The rice so nice, they named it twice. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, Tim, you got anything else for Justin? Um, well, let me ask you all this. Yeah, yeah. Since we're both from like very, very basketball countries, <laughs> who do you think is the real hoop state, North Carolina or Indiana? Oh, yeah, you guys got some players coming out. Oh. Isn't John Wall from there? John Wall, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, Chris Paul, Justin Redrick. Justin uh, Redrick. Justin Redrick. <laughs> just saying. Got them a boy Man. out there. That's it. Well, you, you guys can take the, 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 the south. We'll take the north, even though Indiana is technically more southern. But, yeah, well, it, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. We got, we got Michael. More, we, we are more north than south. Yeah. <laughs> we, got Michael, we got Michael Conley. Yeah. Uh, Gr- we got Greg, Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird. Massive Larry Bird. <laughs> Yeah, you do have Larry Bird. <laughs> I remember uh, I was uh, 13. I don't mean to get out. I remember I was 13, right? And we played in the SA. We played in Nationals in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, okay. Speece. Yeah. Speece, right? Yeah. For sure. And that was one of the biggest eye-openers to basketball in my life because I was watching some guys play pickup ball, and I said, they are running a motion offense in pickup basketball. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it was, it was a big difference. It was like, okay, this is Indiana. Yeah. 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 Indiana. yeah. Very hardcore. Because I played through high school. Hardcore on fundamentals. Yeah. Um, actually, well, I played in Chicago for high school. So it doesn't count. But uh, growing up, it was like fundamentals. Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you will dribble with both hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and you guys will box out. Like, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Defense is a thing in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. It, and ma- then, it matters here. Yeah. And then an, an unassuming, non athletic looking white kid will step onto the court. He'll hit 10 threes in one game. He'll kill you. Like, uh, shooters. You hate those I people. Told somebody, I told some kids, I'm like, you know, y'all about to go play against kids from the Midwest. You're like, yeah. I was like, bro, swing the ball. They play at way different angles, and if you don't chop your feet, you will be chasing down threes all night, and they got beat by 30. So, Ooh. yeah, no, I, I play. I was, uh, I, hey, I told you. <laughs> I play no games when it comes to uh, Indiana basketball players. <laughs> well, we, Y'all have we, my own respect. I don't care how goofy he looks. <laughs> like He might just pull something out of your hat, can probably barely jump, but there you go, 33s. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm glad you got to play Spice though. I yeah. I played. That was where I lived in a town like an hour from there. That's where I grew up. Oh uh, yeah, Indiana, Indianapolis, where we live now, is about two hours from there. But we were in like a, a, a weekend league there, and we played in tournaments there. And there's just, I think there's like ten courts there total. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a it's a facility, man. And they got like a workout facility there too. Like, if I lived yeah. in Fort Wayne, I would consider getting a membership there. It would be worth the premium. Done attorneys there. That was real. Like that was I was just like, whoa, okay. And yeah. We played the Hoosier Hoops. Yeah. And just by the name, I was like, well, this might be a game. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like yeah. it was 
Yeah, your question's tough because I'm a huge Duke fan too. I know. And, and being a, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, let me you. Let me defend myself because we, we both graduated from Butler. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah, did we win a national championship on y'all? No, we didn't. No, Duke, yeah, Duke did. Duke did I was at I was at that game. Oh yeah? Yeah. And, yeah. and like I was rooting for Butler because I I knew I was going there. My family went there too. And uh in my mind I'm like, Kyle Singler has the same just curve around that little fifteen footer on the free throw line. He's done about twelve other times. How about we catch <laughs> on a little bit here? And yeah. Knacked us with that all night. That was a dagger. And uh but yeah, so because I'm a big JJ Reddick fan and like him, the Greg Paulus days. Yeah, you can you can shake your head at me all you want. That's that's fine. Yeah, JJ, JJ's an animal though. Like. Yeah, and and people told me like, hey, he's gonna suck in the league. I go, let give him a few years. He's gonna suck at first. Yeah, I mean, he's still in the league, so it doesn't suck. Um, if you can if you can shoot, you'll stay in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He puts the basket at the end of the room. So it's, yeah. Uh, and look now, he's got huge deals. He's probably making the most huge money deals. he is now than he has his whole career because he just left. and for he's the like, least amount of time on a team. Yeah. So like, like he's good. Yeah. He, like if you if you he he can compete with Steph Curry in them. <laughs> like yeah, you can, you can shoot. You can if you can shoot. He's now his game is now transition into what basketball is and now he's out there no fear just shooting the ball and he developed like he yeah. developed so he became he's a specialist. quick and to be honest i played against steph curry growing up really oh, really yeah i beat him in a championship game so i got a better record in championship games <laughs> <laughs> let him know we're gonna tag him on that's the a, show that's a highlight that we're Back yeah, right we're going to tag him on Instagram when we release. Let him know. <laughs> but Steph was another guy like like he wasn't the best uh in our in the state his senior year, but he just kept going, you know. Yeah. Like he He was like one of the smallest guys. Uh I remember like when he was in 10th grade, I told somebody like, "Yo, we used to call him Stephen." You know, when he was in 10th grade, you know, we called him Stephen. He was good, but he wasn't like that guy. Then like 11th to 12th grade, we started calling him Steph, you know, so from 12th grade up to Davidson, up to MVP, now he's Curry. Like, now he's Curry. You know, he, yeah. he, he's Curry now, man. <laughs> he just keep on, he kept on putting in the work, man. Just kept yeah. on putting in the work. And that's the same way I look at, like, being an entrepreneur. You got to keep on putting in the work. Like, if you ever look, like, I like boxing, too. So if you ever look at any up-and-coming fighter, nobody knows who they are. They get the shit in of the deals. They keep putting in the work, you know, getting the title. Um, like Curry in basketball came in undersized, probably 120 pounds soaking wet, kept playing the game, kept putting in work. Um, there's probably a million stories out there like that, you know, that that the only thing they could focus on was to continuously get better. And that's just how I feel about me. Like, you know, what are you going to focus on? Getting better, getting better, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. and not caring what people think too not caring what people say because you know what they were yeah. saying about Steph when they were prospecting him in the NBA draft they said he was going to be he's going to be yeah. average at best so not only well, put, yeah not only putting in the work but just blocking out all the external stuff that's not there to help you out so yeah. that's a hard you know what they said about Tom Brady right yeah 
what would they say? I know he went late, like sixth round. Sixth round, 199. He was like average, below average. Wow. They said the dude was terrible, <laughs> no speed, no muscle, but turned out to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will acknowledge that. Yeah. I hate the Patriots. I respect Tom Brady. Because, hey. And the Gronk provides entertainment. And I think what, can, what attributed to that is the way he treated his body, the, what he put into his body mm-hmm. food-wise. I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah. a big part of it and how long he's going to play. I mean, he's going to play until he's 60. Yeah. <laughs> I think that at 6, 199, I saw a clip of him like a week or two ago. He was walking on, on the field carrying his helmet and his pads and getting ready for practice, and someone yelled something. I forget what it was. Mike, but, Mike Vrabel, his, uh, old, his old teammate who's now a coach, retired. And uh, he, was, he was yelling something like, yeah, study your fucking playbook or something like that. Like, but he's still – that's his comeback is study your damn playbook. And yeah. I've seen him comment on other teammates' like Instagram posts about some dude had like some poetry or something or some nice saying. And you see Tom Brady's comment. Go study your playbook. <laughs> but so I think that that late, late pick, he knew like, I got to study. Like, I got to study, got to study. And you're going to study because now you're on my team. Mm-hmm. So you're going to study because I'm here to win because I was last pick on the playground. We're not that anymore. Yeah. So some yeah. of that might have helped fuel. Like now even his comebacks are go study your playbook. Like that's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. So I respect Tom Brady. Not the Patriots, yeah. but you're one of the few cool fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably the coolest Patriots fan we've ever met. I uh, know. I can't think I of anybody know. else. <laughs> oh, man. That's probably because y'all ain't started talking no junk yet, but it's all right. <laughs> I got a friend. He said, uh, he said, what do you do on Sundays? I said, um, I just chill, bro. You know, you're like, you don't even really watch the Patriots on Sunday. I'm like, I mean, the season doesn't start till December anyway, the Patriots. Right. Thing, so. We'll be all right. <laughs> you don't really like that type of stuff, but you good know, excuse just, to keep eating wings on Sundays, though. Huh? Well, the game's on. Good excuse to keep eating wings on Sunday. As long as they're vegan, I'll eat them. Yeah, yeah. I, does Beyond have wings? I don't know. Do they? I thought, does Beyond have wings? Not yet, but now that you said it, we might need a patent. It. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> don't tell anybody. This is a nice thing. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Tim, you got anything else for for Justin here? Um, just before we go, just get, give final advice to someone who is in a position where they're trying to make a huge life change. Um, uh, they're stuck. What's the first thing they can do or what, what's advice you give to someone to making that big first step? Don't be afraid to go out and invest in help. Mm-hmm. Don't look for, uh, don't look for the, like, like, you know, I'm a coach. Um, you're a coach. You have coaches out here. You know, choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get don't get caught up on free advice because advice is like terrible sometimes. Uh, some people aren't really qualified to give advice. Um, but push yourself outside the the realm of where you are. Like whenever you really reach a stuck point in your life, implement a pattern interrupt. Like I tell my clients, you have to inter- intermit a pattern interrupt. Like a pattern interrupt for me was like the 30 second cold showers. Mm. And so that allowed me to be relaxed in very strenuous uh, situations. It allowed me to actually, you know, to know that I could do some different shit. And if you don't,
do something different, man, you will stay in the same in the same situation. Like if you're stuck, do not go talk to the people who are going to keep you safe because in their mind, they're giving you the best advice to keep themselves themselves safe in your world. Does that make sense? Yes. Like while you're growing, other people are going to either have to grow or have to stay. And then once you go through a, a, a plateau, uh, yeah, a phase where you're plateauing, they're gonna you're gonna feel comfortable going back to them because they're who you know. Well, they've been knowing me my whole life, and they're not only going to tell you things that will keep you where they need you to stay, so they can feel safe. So you need a positive peer group, one that supports and stretches. You know, stretches like stretches you um, during those moments of being stuck. And like majority of times, people are stuck. It's personal. It's personal development. It's, it's it just is what it is. It ain't that your product sucks. It's not that you know. It's not that you know. Don't nobody like you? Because if people don't like you, guess what? They won't talk to you. Like if you guys ain't like me, I wouldn't be on the show. Period. So um, introduce a pattern interrupt. Something very very. It might seem extreme. But that's what something I feel that's worked for me. I always introduce something extreme that I have to do personally. Now I have this to focus on, and this will grow me past the incident. You know, and know that know that the people who you you might have stuck by in rough moments might they might not be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just might not be there and don't grow bitter um if you don't know something don't turn around and quit just start digging and realizing what you don't know go learn how to learn it quickly um follow me on instagram uh <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah we're gonna ask where can people yeah yeah bitcoin vegan but uh seriously though um uh, and don't be afraid to go out and reach out to somebody who does not look like you. Mm. You know, like, don't be afraid to go talk to somebody who does not look like you. They might not have anything in common with you. But, you know, you never know. You never know what they might have to offer. You know, stay with an open mind. You know, your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Jim Quick said. I like that. Yeah. Like so you know, you gotta you gotta be open. You gotta be open, man, because if you're not open, you're just gonna be if oh I like this. If you're not open, you're just gonna be moping. (laughs) I like that. Dropping bombs. (laughs) Quotes on quotes on quotes. (laughs) Like it 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 is you know start trying to notice. I might be saying a lot, but start trying to notice what you don't know. Like, no, start noticing the people around you are all complaining. That they're all blaming. That they're all going wide instead of going deep. You know, who's going wide? Who's going wider? Who's like, you know, who's who's not sticking to the plan? You know, notice if they're sticking to the plan. Notice what their level of commitment is. You know, really know that plateauing 
and growing is called commitment. You know, it's realize what effort is. Uh, measure your effort. Stop underestimating what it takes to get by. Stop underestimating what it takes to succeed. You know, because that happens. And, and, and be grateful for the momentum. You know, the momentum happens before the money. You'll always be able to gain more mental, especially in today's age, you know. I hit you guys up in the DM probably a few weeks, a few months ago. Whatever happened, happened. Whatever, then right back. You know what I'm saying? It's right back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, uh, and read. 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 Mm -hmm. I read, uh, I'm reading this one book right now called Moonwalking with Einstein. Hmm. You know, I read, I read daily. You gotta learn something daily, otherwise you'll just you'll grow, you'll grow sedentary. You know, you'll just end up being. Which one? You'd like this one, the, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I'm about to write it down. It's, it's about uh, overcoming like resistance being more creative in your craft it's a lot okay. of what, it's a lot of what you've been talking about and it's a quick one too it's 150 pages and it's a lot of the pages aren't like full full with text like it's a pretty quick read you can get it done in like a week if you wanted to okay yeah that's another thing i do i read a, a book a week oh, okay. Um, one, one thing one thing i do work on i have a goal of reading about 800 words a minute oh wow oh. <laughs> wow the mem the memory coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. The read the fast is another thing. The faster you read, the more information you get, you know. And the thing that got me into memory was speeding up how people learn. You know, we learn so old school repetition and rote memory that it's terrible. Like, I'm gonna do a little promotion. I'm having a uh, memory online enhancement workshop. If you guys are interested, please hit me up on Bitcoin Vegan. Or you can email me, BitcoinVegan07 at Gmail, now that I said that. But when, when you learn slowly, you solve problems slowly. Then you get, um, you feel like you, you don't need to do it. So one thing, I, like I said, I, I, I speed up how I learn. And by doing that, you save yourself time. Like instead of studying for two and a half hours, study for about an hour, 45 minutes, really have it down. Now you get to go implement it. Now you get the whole another hour and a half to do something. You know, learn something else, do something else, start whatever. Mm -hmm. but when you have the world taking off as fast as it is, but people are always learning at this snail place. This is why people fear they're, they're going to lose their job to computers. Mm. good way to look at it yeah well uh justin we really appreciate you sitting down and chopping it with us man this was uh this is a good time thank you, man. Thank, you thank you thank you for joining us man <laughs> yeah. i know our audience is going to get a lot of value I, I know we've got a lot of value already so appreciate it and we thank definitely want to do round two at some point i think we got okay. to for sure yeah round two is gonna happen yeah 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 because i know there's a lot more we can talk about but, yeah yeah <laughs> So, yes, sir, right. yes, sir. thank you so much again. We really appreciate you. All right, thank you, man. Thank you. Go, Dukies. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. We'll see you, man.
Oh, dude, I, I, I finally heard you. Dickie V boys. They got all of that one. We got Cole Anthony this year. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to hit you up when we beat y'all this year. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Later. Y'all have a good one. All right, All you right. too, brother. See you, Justin.